The following is an Auburn Network production. You are on the line. Live on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goins. You're on the line here on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. Happy Thursday, everybody. I am back in the studio. Finally, I am back in person. Uh, I am back from my apartment. I'm back from my recliner, a place that I did not really move from uh, for the last, what, five days or so. Um, I am here. Show's not canceled. They didn't fire me for anything. Uh, Not yet, anyway. Um, I am here. Um, It's great to be back here in the studio from 2 to 4 with you on the Auburn Opelika Sports Leader ESPN 106.7. This is On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. My name is Jacob Goins. I'm with you for the next two hours. I have not been with you uh, for the last three days. Um, Friday, look, I'm very open about it. I'm very honest about it. Um, I... Friday, I was not feeling well. I'm just going to be straight up. I was not feeling great. It started to kind of hit me a little bit um, in the middle of the day, uh, but I still had the show to do. I had at least got football to call on Friday night, and so I toughed it out and went through it and woke up on Saturday and just felt horrible. I mean, felt just terrible. Had the whole shebang. I had a sore throat. My head was killing me. My head is clogged up. I'm still battling that just a little bit um, as we get through the end of the week, Uh, but had a a stuffed up head, had a really bad headache. My body was hurting. I just felt sick, right? I just felt horrible. You know how you get when you're just sick and you just want to lay in your bed and not move? Um, That's pretty much what happened to me come Saturday morning. Um, And so Look, I don't go to the doctor, and I have nothing against doctors. I have nurses in my family. I have nothing against them. I just personally don't like to go. Um, I hate going to the doctor. It's a process. I hate dealing with the insurance stuff. I just hate doing it, right? I just hate going to the doctor. And I don't get sick very often, but folks, I was sick, man. I was. I was sick, and I was like, okay, COVID's going around. People are getting sick. I'm going to play it safe. And I'm going to go to the doctor. And I did. Um, And turns out I had COVID. And so I have been out since Saturday. Uh, I was at my apartment. And like I mentioned, I sat in my recliner slash couch for five straight days. I mean, literally, yesterday was the first day that I was able to kind of get up and really do anything around my apartment, um, but didn't go anywhere, haven't done anything, didn't see anybody. Um, I've been keeping up with things, but Saturday and Sunday were pretty rough. I'm just going to be honest with you. They were pretty rough. I was in misery. So I watched a lot of football, but I've sort of had to go back and rewatch some things to make sure I fully comprehended what was going on, um, just because... 
you know, when you feel so bad and you're sick and this different brand of COVID, whatever strand it is now, um, that's just, I don't know. My brain just wasn't fully functionable over the weekend. And so I've been out since then. Um, wanted to play it safe for people here at the office and at the station. Uh, didn't want to come back too early. Symptoms lasted a little bit longer than what I was hoping. And so uh, I was out Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. But I am back here today, of course, and excited to uh, be back in the studio. We've got a lot to talk about. Do we not? We have a ton to talk about uh, that we've missed over the last three days um, and getting in prepared for this weekend. I guess if there was a week for me to be sick and to miss a few days and have to miss a couple of days, at least it was during Auburn's bye week. That's the best thing that I could come up with. That's the only positive that I could come up with um, <laughs> as I was sitting at home in misery. Uh, that was the only positive I could come up with. Now, it did... It was unfortunate timing because um, I had to miss attending the Georgia game and I had family coming in town and all that. So those plans got destroyed, but um, at least it's the bye week this week. And so we've got a little time today to recap what has happened. I know a lot of people have sort of moved on, um, but we do have a bye week coming up. So we still have time to talk about what happened last weekend and what Auburn fans should expect moving forward, right? What we want to see and what you want to see through the bye week and what improvements need to be made before heading out to LSU next week. And so we've got a lot to talk about today. It's a normal Thursday show. It's going to be stacked. It's going to be busy, right? We've got Brad Law from the Auburn Sports Network coming up at 2.30. We'll talk to him about what's coming up on Tiger Talk tonight over on Wings 94.3. We'll talk about what he plans on doing in the bye week and what improvements and just changes that need to be made in the bye week moving forward to LSU. Talk about some of the positives that came out of the Auburn-Georgia game because there are positives, folks. I know you've heard about them and you've been thinking about them and you've been talking about them. There are positives to pull from that football game on Saturday. So we're going to talk to Brad Law about that coming up at 2.30. We'll start off hour number two with Auburn High School's head football coach, Keith Etheridge. Uh, we'll talk to him about the big win, the gritty win over Ramsey last week, 13-7, to and preview one of the biggest games of the season, Auburn High and Opelika. It's the Tigers and the Bulldogs coming up tomorrow over in Opelika. We'll talk to head coach Keith Etheridge about that coming up at 3 o'clock. It's going to be a really, really good football game. So excited to talk to him about that. And then coming up at 3.30, we have Chris Gordy, host of the Locked On SEC podcast. We'll get his reactions from this past weekend and preview what is an awesome weekend of SEC football coming up this weekend. Should be a lot of fun. It's Thursday. It's busy. And we're here inside the Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge Studio. A reminder that the Plaza Bar and Lounge is your Tiger pregame destination for all fans on Saturdays during the fall. Uh, they are the home of the original War Burger, and they offer an easy and exciting menu to go along with fantastic drink specials. You can enjoy that Plaza Patio out there at the Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge while you keep up with all of the other football action leading up to kickoff on Saturdays. Located at 800 
1500 Main Street in Midtown, uh, just off of Opelika Road. The Plaza offers happy hour from 4 to 6 each weekday as well. Also on Sundays, don't forget that they have a brunch before you leave town on game day. So the Plaza Bar and Lounge is your pregame destination in Auburn. Well, until we get to Brad Law, phone lines are open. What's on your mind? I want to hear from you. 334-321-1390. It's been three days since I've talked to you. Right, it's been feels like it's been a month since I've talked to you guys. I want to hear from you. How are you feeling on a Thursday now that you've had what is this four days now to really think about the Auburn Georgia game and really ponder what's going to happen with this Auburn football team? How are you feeling? Are you feeling confident that um, this season is going to turn out okay? That the future of Auburn football is going to be okay? Or are you disappointed that Auburn lost again to Georgia? And lost again in the SEC. 334-321-1390 is the number to get you through to me. Call in. I want to hear from you in the next 20 minutes or so. We've got to talk. We've got to catch up. I've been gone for three days. We've got to catch up. We don't have a lot of time to do it, so let's hop in. Auburn and Georgia last Saturday. Okay, and I'm not going to go into the super, super deep details, because you guys have heard that enough. You guys have talked about that enough. Um, you've, you've probably sort of moved on from what happened this past Saturday at Jordan-Hare Stadium. But I want to hit some key points really quickly in more of a broader s- scope, if you will. Right. First of all, Saturday was a perfect day for recruiting. We talked about looking going into the game, right? We talked about how this was going to be a really, really important day. One of the biggest, if not the biggest recruiting day of the entire year for Auburn football. And it worked out perfectly. It went the best way possible in a loss, right? That's what I've been told from my guys behind the scenes is pretty much it went perfectly besides the outcome of the game. And if you remember, I was talking about this late last week, about how can Auburn win the day recruiting besides the result on the field? Because Auburn football, the team played outstanding. Did they play great? No, but they played really well. And they played good enough to win, which is all you can ask. But I said, with the what at the time was an inevitable loss... It's crazy that Auburn had chances to win that football game. But with the inevitable loss coming up against Georgia, I was asking and pondering the question, okay, how can Auburn still win the day in recruiting if they don't win the game? Atmosphere, showing up and showing out, right? Pampering recruits and making them feel wanted, needed, and feel special. And that's exactly what Auburn did. I've talked to people that were there, that are big into recruiting, and you know who these guys are, they were telling me that Auburn did everything they were supposed to. And just look at what the recruits are saying. Look at what these guys are saying about Auburn. And it almost, as crazy as this sounds, it almost played out better recruiting-wise that Auburn lost the football game. Hang with me here. Because then... The recruiting pitch can be, look how close we were. Look how close we are already, halfway through year one, 
under Hugh Freeze. Look how close we are to beating Georgia. And I know Georgia's not what they are or what they have been. They're still number one in the country. But I think we can all agree that they're not what they have been and they're back-to-back national championship seasons, but that doesn't matter. They were undefeated. They're the number one team in the country. And Kirby Smart's still the head coach over there. And so the recruiting pitch can now be Look how close we already are. Look at the progress we've made. Imagine what we could do with you. Imagine what we could do if you and this other guy come over here. Look at already who we've brought in or who we're bringing in. Perry Thompson, right? Look at a guy like that. You can then throw that at a guy like Nykar and say, come on, man. Look what's going to happen when you show up. Look at the difference you can make in a one-score loss. So, would it have been awesome if Auburn would have won the game on Saturday? Sure, absolutely. But it went as well as it could have in a loss. And recruiting-wise, you can make the argument that the loss benefited you more than the win. Because if you had won the game... The argument would be, and the pitch would be, well, look, we upset the number one team in the country in year one. Imagine what we're going to do next year. Imagine what we're going to do when you get here. We're not only going to beat them, we're going to hammer them, right? We're going to beat them and Alabama or whatever it may be. And that's a fine argument, too. But I feel if I'm a recruit personally and you're at that game Saturday and you see the crowd, Right, You see the atmosphere, you feel the atmosphere, and you can see the improvements that were made in this football game that Auburn had chances to win and gave Auburn chances to win. If I'm a big-time recruit and I see Auburn lose this game by one score, I say, wow. Imagine if I had been out there. Imagine if I had gone out and caught that touchdown pass. Or imagine if I had gone out there and intercepted that football. Right? That's how I would think if I was a big-time recruit, if I was a big-time, for lack of a better word, cocky recruit in a good way. I don't mean that in a negative way at all. But if I'm a big-time confident, that's a better way to put it, recruit, yeah, that's exactly what I'm thinking is, wow, Look at the improvement they've made from last year to this year. And look at the improvement they've made in the season because, folks, Auburn got better last Saturday. Let's just go ahead and say that as it is. Auburn got better on Saturday against Georgia. And recruits notice those things. And so if I'm a recruit, I'm feeling the atmosphere. I'm seeing the improvements that are being made midseason. And I'm saying to myself, man, they're right there. Look how close they were. Imagine how much better they can be next year if I am a part of the equation, if my other five-star buddy is a part of the equation. And look at the ones that are already joining on. They must know something. That's why Saturday was really, really good. And from what I've read and from what I've heard when I was sitting at home being down and out, right, with sickness, it felt like The Auburn fans, for the most part, were in agreement with that. It felt like Auburn fans were okay with how Saturday went. And I've I've seen a lot of people 
that have said, look, I'm tired of accepting mediocrity. I'm tired of accepting a loss to Georgia. Why is that? Why has that been accepted as being okay for Auburn? And look, I get that. I get that's frustrating because at times it has. It absolutely has. But this was different, folks. This was different. Saturday was not, well, Georgia came in here and beat us again. Oh, well, on to next year. Maybe next time. That's not what Saturday was. Saturday was, oh man, the number one team in the country is going to come in here and probably win this thing by three touchdowns. And three and a half, four hours later, we're saying, wow, Auburn had six or seven chances to win that game. Didn't have the talent, couldn't make the plays, and it just didn't go their way. That's not accepting a loss and accepting mediocrity and accepting another defeat to the Georgia Bulldogs. No. Saturday was an understanding that the program is not where it needs to be, but it's going to get there. And the strides that have already been made five or six weeks into the season were visible on Saturday. That's what happened. Yeah, the loss stings. Yeah, it's another loss to Georgia. But didn't it feel different? Didn't it look different? And I think you can build off of that, especially this week in a much-needed bye week with a tough game coming up next week on the road at LSU. But I think most Auburn fans are in agreement with that. Not all, but a lot. And that's the right way to think. I just think it was visible on Saturday. And that, for me, is extremely promising. 334-321-1390. What do you think? What's on your mind on a Thursday as we quickly start looking into what the bye week holds um, and what Auburn can do moving forward I want to hear from you. 334-321-1390. Got a few minutes in this next segment before we have Brad Law from the Auburn Sports Network on. Give me a call. Be a part of the show here on a Thursday afternoon. This is On the Line on ESPN 106.7. You are on the line on ESPN 106.7. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 106.7 app. Man, it's so good to be back. (laughs) It's so good to be back in the studio talking Auburn football with you, my wonderful listeners. And hopefully, uh, hopefully you didn't go anywhere. Hopefully you uh, got the word from uh, from the likes of Doug Amos and Bill Cameron, Dan Peck, Ben Taylor, all those guys uh, that I am uh, sharing the airwaves with uh, that they hopefully kept you updated as much as possible uh, that I was coming back, that I didn't get canned and that I am still here. And I appreciate all of them uh, and everybody checking up and and everything 
throughout the last few days, and I am feeling much better. Glad to be back here in the studio. Uh, we got a few more minutes before uh, we have Brad Law from the Auburn Sports Network. He'll join me at 2.30 uh, to talk about Auburn, Georgia from last week, talk about the recruiting from the weekend, Tiger Talk coming up tonight, and then what we can expect moving forward through uh, the bye week. So that's coming up in just a few minutes, but still have some time if you want to call in and talk with me. Would love to hear from you on a Thursday. 334-321-1390 is the number to put you through to me. What's on your mind on a Thursday? I know there's no game this weekend. I know it is bye week, but um, how are you feeling? What are the vibes right now for you around Auburn football? Maybe you're starting to look ahead to uh, some of the games coming up this weekend. It's a really, really good weekend once again in college football, dominated by big-time SEC matchups. And so uh, what's on your mind? Maybe you're looking ahead to those. We'd love to hear from you. 334-321-1390. Um, when it comes to the game itself, Auburn versus Georgia, again, I know it's Thursday. We've sort of moved on from that. Um, plain and simple for me really quickly – Auburn had chances. Auburn had opportunities. Um, you you were in this football game. I mean, not only in it, you were winning it, right? You were winning the game uh, at one point um, later in the second half. And the biggest thing for me, I saw a lot of people early on Saturday. I've seen this sort of slow down and chill out as the week has gone on. Um, there was a lot of blame on Peyton Thorne, right? The quarterback who um, gets gets too much love and, and gets too much hate, right? Uh, I think that's a great way to put it when it comes to the quarterback position. Um, I know he was 10 of 19, but what's the number? Six of those nine incompletions hit receivers in the hands, right? Six of those balls hit receivers in the hands, which tells me it should have been caught, plain and simple. If it hits you in the hands, you got to catch it. And I think that just sort of shows where Auburn's wide receiver room is right now. Not saying there's not talented guys in there, but Auburn's got to get better at that position right now in season and then moving forward in recruiting. And so I think that was a big part of it. Defense balled out and did their thing once again. Um, you, you give up 27, but... You were in the football game the entire time. And look, this was, it was a really, really good game. As much as I was in misery Saturday, I enjoyed watching this game. I really, really did. Um, you get an interception on Carson Beck. Um, you you make plays on on defense. You had our boy Eugene Asante, who been interviewed this week. We'll play that interview for you tomorrow on my show. It, it aired uh, yesterday on the drive. Um, you had him flying around. You had a lot of young guys flying around. Um, unfortunately, you do have um, an injury update on Messiah Nasili Keat. Uh, or Kite, excuse me. He is uh, out for the year. And so we wish him nothing but the best and hopefully a, uh, a speedy recovery, an easy recovery. Uh, he's got a bicep injury, um, and so he is out for the year. So that's tough for Auburn's D-line and defensive guys. Um, hate to see that. But overall, Auburn played a good game Saturday. Sure, there were things that you could fix, and there were things that needed to be fixed, but Auburn had chances, and I think that's all you can ask for. They started moving the football a little bit. Third down efficiency was pretty terrible. <laughs> I mean, I think Auburn was uh, 2 of 11, 2 of 12 on third down. Um, 
You had some questionable fourth and shorts that I think Auburn could have picked up if you called different plays um, and called different formations on those plays as well. You ran the ball well. I mean, you ran it really, really well. You were running for over five yards of carry on the ground between running backs and quarterbacks. I think Peyton Thorne got set early, got comfortable early with the big run. Um, and, And look, overall, Auburn was in the game and had chances to win. You were up 10-0, off the rip, up 10-0, just like that. And that was about as good of a start as you could ask for. You're tied up at 10 at the half. You're tied up at 17. You were up 17-10. You're tied up at 17, and then you just get outscored by a touchdown late in the game. I mean, that's what it comes down to. So give Auburn a little credit here. Give Hugh Freeze and the staff some credit because – Coming out of Texas A&M and going into Georgia, there was not a whole lot of confidence around Auburn fans, around Auburn media, myself included. I thought Auburn could compete, but I didn't think it'd be a one-score game. I didn't think Auburn would be leading 17-10 in the second half. No way. No way. And so, give Auburn a little credit. Give them a little, cut them a little slack here. And as I was saying earlier, when it comes to recruiting, think about where this team's going to be this time next year with more five- and four-stars on the football field. Think about when they have better athletes on the field, better playmakers on the field. Auburn will win games like that with better players on the field. And that means nothing against the guys that are currently there, but that's just real talk. Give it some time. You can see the direction is moving in the right way. Coming up, we'll talk to Brad Law from the Auburn Sports Network, get his thoughts on what was a really, really fun Saturday in Auburn this past weekend. Preview Tiger Talk coming up tonight and what needs to happen in the bye week for Auburn to be competitive next week in Baton Rouge. That's coming up with Brad Law here on ESPN 106.7. Jacob Goins on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. We are halfway through hour number one here on the Thursday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. I'm Jacob Goins with you on ESPN 1067. And as always, at 2.30 on Thursdays, we're joined by Brad Law from the Auburn Sports Network. Brad, great to hear from you, man. Hope you're doing well, and hopefully you're enjoying the bye week so far. Yeah, Jacob, first of all, welcome back. Um, glad that you're feeling better. Thank you, sir. It's good to be back on uh, on the show. It's, uh, you know, bye weeks come at good times for everybody, including those of us who work on the broadcast. So um, we're it, it's been a good week. We've gotten ahead a little bit, worked on basketball a little bit, and we'll be ready for LSU week next week. Yeah, it's crazy with basketball. We started working on basketball stuff here, too, with, of course, you guys and then our high school coverage. I mean, it's right around the corner. We don't want to wish football season away by any means, but basketball is like a month away, man. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, and, um, uh, you know, and for for Auburn opening up the season in South Dakota, they're going to go to Appalachian State. They're going uh, going all over the place. They're going to Brooklyn. Uh, This is going to be a fun fun season i think with an up-tempo style of play got better shooters on the roster um 
I'm, I'm excited to see how this goes. I know we've got plenty of time to get there, but um, it's it, basketball is something that we talk about almost year-round now, and that's pretty exciting. Yes, it is. Well, basketball season right around the corner, but football season is still uh, right dab in the middle of it, and it is Auburn's bye week coming off of uh, what was a really, really special day in Auburn, it seemed like, on Saturday with Auburn and Georgia getting together once again. Um, I know the result was not what Auburn fans were looking for, Brad, but what a day it really was with the atmosphere and the recruits and the turnout for the football game. I mean, besides the results, you couldn't ask for a better Saturday. No, you're right, and, and that deserves focus. I don't want there to be any confusion, though. The goal is to win the game, and the goal is to beat your rival, and when you don't do that, you've fallen short of the goal, and I think we understand the you know, the talent discrepancy, and you know we understand that Georgia was a two-touchdown favorite, and um, you know, for those three hours, that doesn't matter. And Auburn is disappointed. Uh, the players thought they could win the game. They went in with every intention of winning the game. And Georgia's won too many of these games in a row now. Uh, the rivalry that was once dead even, uh, now Georgia has a big lopsided advantage. And so we look forward to the day that Auburn goes on a run like this and even comes up in the rivalry. So nobody, just to be clear, nobody is ever happy or satisfied or pleased with losing uh, any game, but, but certainly to one of your biggest rivals. Now, with that said, yes, they fought. They, they punched up. Uh, they had every opportunity to win the game, and I'll go as far and, and have in other places gone as far as to say, Auburn outplayed Georgia at every position except for one all day long. There was nothing fluky about Auburn's um, execution offensively, defensively. The fact that Auburn was was in the game and was driving with a chance to tie on its final possession, um, had it been able to find the end zone, that wasn't a fluke. That was Auburn with a with a terrific plan offensively and defensively. And were it not for a special talent, I'm not talking about a great player. We use the word great like it's, you know, I mean, we, we say great like we're, we're looking at a, a bag full of M&Ms. Like, we just say everything's great. But we're talking about a special player in Brock Bowers. And uh, he almost single-handedly took the game over in the second half. And were it not for Brock Bowers being on Georgia's team, Auburn wins the game this past weekend. And I don't think there's a whole lot of questions about that uh, truthfully yeah and I think that that's a huge point that obviously is it's it's one of the main talking points because you can't talk about it without bringing his name up in every game that Georgia plays but especially against Auburn on Saturday but one thing that I've been trying to talk about today Brad is it's really hard not to look at the the I guess the the upgrades and the changes that Auburn made and the improvements that Auburn made from week to week coming out of a Texas A&M game where Auburn just didn't play well into that game on Saturday against Georgia where Auburn played really well. Yeah, I think there was a lot of intensive focus, especially offensively. Um, Tigers played fine defensively. They played great defensively in every game. It was the offense that needed some, some real tweaking. And, you know, what do you do if you're the supervisor on a job and you know how to do the job that your workers are, are been hired to do, but you see that it's not quite going the way that it needs to go, well, you set an example. You step in 
and you go, no, guys, we're going to do it this way instead. And I think that Hugh Freeze, Philip Montgomery have an excellent partnership. I think Hugh Freeze trusts Philip Montgomery, but I think that uh, Coach Freeze had spent so long saying more hands-off, really focusing on recruiting, that he actually admitted last week, or, or maybe I guess earlier this week, that he took some time that he had been devoting to recruiting and spent that working with the offense. And I think it showed. I think this offense showed more of Coach Freeze's fingerprints on it, and I think it set the template for what you see going forward. Now, hopefully the passing game, you know, the, the receivers have to make more plays, and, you know, you can say that more play calls need to be in place to put them in place to make plays. You know, that's fine, but at the end of the day, you've got to get a little more cohesiveness between the quarterback and the receivers. Um, right now, Auburn's not on pace to have a 500-yard receiver, let alone a 1,000-yard receiver. So uh, to be able to run the ball as effectively as Auburn can, you should be getting more out of the passing game. And I think it's logical to say that's the next step in their intensive tweaking of this offense is to spend a lot more time now focusing on improving that element of the, pass, of, uh, the offense. Brad Law from the Auburn Sports Network joining us here during On the Line on ESPN 106.7. You bring up recruiting, and we know Hugh Freeze is big on recruiting. He's done a fantastic job already. But, Brad, this time last week we were talking about what Saturday could be for Auburn recruiting, and I think it was for Auburn recruiting the day that it needed to be. You had the atmosphere. You had the great game, right? You had everything but the win itself, and you could see the amount of recruits and family members that were there, and we've been hearing and reading and seeing what they've said in the days afterwards. Saturday was what Auburn needed in recruiting, and it allowed Auburn to sell itself, which is what we talk about all the time when it comes to recruiting here. Yeah, no question, Jacob. Now, it would have been better to have won the game because then on top of all the people who were there, now you grab the nation's attention, and now people coast-to-coast are talking all week about how Auburn pulled the upset. But even without it, your your pitch is very easy for this coaching staff to go to those players and go, look, uh, Georgia has – Look what they can do with that talent. They've won two titles in a row. You can go there, and you're just the next chapter in their story. Or you come here, and you help us rewrite our story. You go to a receiver that was there. Uh, any offensive play was there. And go, look, if we had one of you, if we had you on this team today, we would have won that ball game. That makes an impact. You go to one defensive lineman, one edge rusher, one jack linebacker who was in attendance, you go, look, with you on this team, chances are we get to the quarterback one time. Get get to him once. Force him into one more bad decision. See what happens. Um, yeah, the story writes itself if you win the game. But even in a loss, it's still very easy to go, well, this is why we need you. Look at what George is. Look how many games in a row that they've won. You and a few others like you come here, and we can do the exact same thing. Um, it's not necessarily a loss is a win. But it is a uh, – it's similar to that, I think, in that, in that uh, your, your pitch is kind of ready-made after that game Saturday because of how close you were. Yeah, I, I think it, it, it was as good as a loss could be, right? Not that you came on, like you yeah. said, when you, you're in your opener. You know, it's not that a loss is good, but it was as good as a loss could be in a one-score game with the number one team in the country with that many recruits, and now you do have that pitch of, hey – you come on this team and imagine what we can do this time next year with the improvements yeah. that we've made already. And if you, the difference maker on this team, imagine what it could be. I, I'm with you, man. I think that's what Saturday represented here. 
Yeah, I, I, I think so. I just I think that there's tons of positive momentum uh, with this with this team. I think your goal for the final seven games of the season um, there's there's like a shallow there's a surface goal which is win every week. Go one and zero every week, and then that, that puts you at seven and zero, and that puts you at ten and two. Like, well, that's great. That's a but there's not a lot of depth to that goal. Um, this is still a quarterback who wasn't here in the spring. These are a lot of receivers who didn't get to work with the quarterback until the summer. It's still half the offensive line are new starters, and you go, well, but by the end of the season, they're not brand new anymore. No, but if you consider, Jacob, if you and I race, okay? Okay. If you and I race, uh, you're faster than I am, all right? So you're faster than I am. I get a head start. I get a half a mile head start. Well, even if you gain a little bit of ground, I'm still a half mile ahead of you. It's going to take some really fleet uh, movement on your part to catch up all the way. My point in that is, yes, as Peyton Thorne and the receivers work together and the offensive line continues to gel and all these things happen throughout the season, well, the teams that Auburn played, they're also getting better too, these teams on the schedule. So I think you try to look at it in a vacuum. Does the team improve during the bye week? Do they show improvement against LSU? Maybe is the passing game a little more crisp. Do you have a couple of explosive plays in the passing game against LSU? That's a sign of improvement. Do you improve against Ole Miss and State and Vandy and Arkansas and New Mexico State, Alabama? Do you improve consistently enough throughout the year to see proof that what they're working on during the weekend practice carries over to the game, players are buying in? Like that's, I think that's your measure of success now as you go through the final seven games of the regular season. You always have such great analogies and such great examples in real-life situations, and you're giving me a lot of credit in my running abilities, Brad, but what you said makes sense, and I think it's important for Auburn fans to understand that. And you bring up the bye week, and that's where I want to move to next because it is Auburn's bye week, and uh, there is no game on Saturday, so there's no way for us to tell what Auburn has done in this bye week until they play LSU next week on the road, but um, you alluded to a, l- a little bit there. What does Auburn need to work on in this bye week to get better as a football team and try to go on the road next week and beat what's a really talented LSU squad? Yeah, that's. Uh, I think Auburn still has to show that it can play against quality competition, a poised game on the road. We saw it against Georgia in the home game, um, but against Cal and Texas A&M, the passing game has struggled mightily and I think that's that's putting it mildly so I think in the bye week you're working on you know I don't know if it's routes I don't know if it's route combinations I don't know if it's play calling I'm not smart enough in the game schematically to know what the answer is I know that uh, you know there's still some times that Peyton is hanging on to the ball a little too long um He's got to let go. He's got to trust his receivers, trust his arm, trust the route, trust all of it together, and throw the ball to the spot and let the receiver go make the play. The receiver then has to respond and go make that play, and I don't know who that is. I mean, Jay Fair has been the most consistent receiver, but if I told you before the start of the season that Camden Brown and Jair Shorter would combine for two catches in the first five games, and it was unthinkable. And, uh, and as I said earlier, Auburn not only is not on pace for a 1,000-yard receiver, it's not on pace for a 500-yard receiver mm. through the first five games of the year. So um, somebody in that unit 
has to separate himself, has to become a go-to receiver. It can't always be Rivaldo Fairweather. You have to have somebody else who's a speed option to stretch the field. And uh, I think a lot of it, reps, rethinking, you know, route trees or play calling or whatever, I think that's the next emphasis. So I think they've got it figured out in the RPO game. The, the run game in the RPO system um, is, is there. And I, I think consistently now we've seen it be there, uh, not just through the first couple of games of, of conference play. Auburn ran the ball even without using RPOs against Texas a This team can run the ball. It's got to find – listen, you can run the ball and play defense. 20 years ago, that would have put you in contention for the SEC championship. Tommy Tuberville's teams made a living on run game and defense. Yeah. You got it, but but it's a new era. You have to find explosive plays in the passing game. And however they do it, I think that's the number one priority uh, schematically this week. Well, Auburn showed improvement week to week from Texas A&M to Georgia. They've got an extra week to show some more improvement from Georgia to LSU with it being the bye week. Brad Law from the Auburn Sports Network joining us on the phone lines. It is the bye week, but Tiger Talk's still happening tonight. Of course, you can find that uh, here locally in Auburn, Opelika, over on our sister station, Wings 94.3. Brad, tell everybody what they can expect to hear tonight. Who's going to be stopping by for Tiger Talk? Yep, we have a, a full show and a, a varied show tonight. We will hear from Coach Freeze a little bit. Andy and I will talk to him for a couple of segments. Uh, you'll get a preview of men's basketball, preview of women's basketball, uh, update from volleyball. Coach Crouch uh, and his group, they're going to play three straight road games starting tomorrow night in Gainesville. And men's golf coach Nick Kleinert also on the show tonight. They've won their first two tournaments of the year and uh, play in North Carolina starting Monday and try to make it three for three. So, Football, men's hoops, women's hoops, volleyball, and men's golf all on the show tonight. Wow. Very busy show. It's going to be a quick hour for you guys on Tiger Talk yeah. tonight. Uh, is that on location or in studio tonight, Brad? No, we are in studio tonight. In okay. studio for the next two weeks, and then we're back at uh, Baumhauer's on October 19th before the Ole Miss game. Got you. Okay, well, uh, so no attendance tonight, so a better reason to tune in uh, over on Wings 94.3 and WingsFM.com. 6-7 to seven for Tiger Talk, Andy and Brad, Coach Freeze, uh, and tons of preview and, and recap and getting you caught up on so many things going on in Auburn athletics. Brad Law from the Auburn Sports Network. He joins me every Thursday here on ESPN 106.7. As always, Brad, I appreciate you, man. I appreciate your time. You guys do a wonderful job. Let everybody know where they can f- keep up with you guys and find Find everything they need from the Auburn Sports Network. Sure, AU Sports Network, Twitter and Instagram, that's where we are. Um, you know, follow the Auburn Tigers channel on YouTube. That's where, um, you know, you can find some stuff during the week as well. And, yeah, I mean, we're, we're look, we're easy to find. And we do, and we genuinely appreciate everybody finding us and tuning in. Well, again, you guys do a wonderful job. Enjoy the bye week. Enjoy your Saturday off, Brad. Enjoy some of the great football around the conference on Saturday. Uh, Have a great Tiger Talk tonight, and we'll talk to you next Thursday previewing Auburn and LSU. You got it, Jacob. Thanks very much. War Eagle. That's Brad Law from the Auburn Sports Network. Again, Tiger Talk coming up tonight. You can find it over on our sister station, Wings 94.3 and wingsfm.com. Six to seven every Thursday. They're in studio, so you can't go. So you may as well tune in on the radio here locally in Auburn and Opelika. Always enjoy talking with Brad on Thursdays. He tells it like it is. Has great uh, examples and great comparisons, really. And I think he's spot on. He's absolutely spot on. He started out by saying, look, nobody's happy with a loss, 
But look at what happened in that loss and look at where Auburn's going with that loss. And that's what I've been trying to tell you for the last hour. So appreciate Brad hopping on. I promise we didn't talk before this. <laughs> I promise. Brad is a wonderful guy. Really appreciate him hopping on. They do a great job over at the Auburn Sports Network. Tiger Talk tonight, 6-7 to seven on Wings 94.3. We'll take our final break, come back, wrap up hour number one before we welcome in Auburn High School's head football coach, Keith Etheridge, as we recap the Ramsey game from last week and preview Auburn and Opelika coming up tomorrow night there in Opelika. That's what's coming up here on the Thursday edition of On the Line. You are on the line on ESPN 1067. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Wrapping up hour number one here on the Thursday edition of On the Line. Big thanks to Brad Law from the Auburn Sports Network, uh, who joins me every Thursday at 2.30 here on the ESPN 106.7. Appreciate him uh, talking about Auburn, Georgia, uh, talking recruiting aspects and implications from uh, the game on Saturday, and then uh, talking about the bye week and what Auburn needs to do and expectations through the bye week uh, for Auburn and LSU next week weekend um got a couple of minutes here before uh, we get into hour number two and a reminder it's a busy hour number two we'll start the hour uh talking with auburn high school's head football coach keith etheridge uh and, and recap what was a low scoring defensive fight uh up in birmingham last friday when auburn went and took on 5a state champ ramsey uh, a game that's always competitive a game that uh, nobody look nobody wants any piece of Ramsey right and Auburn went and did it and somehow got a win uh, 13 to 7 last Friday and so we're going to talk about that game and plus we're going to preview what is the biggest game of the year in this area it's Auburn and it's Opelika coming up tomorrow night over in Opelika. It is technically a road game for Auburn. They won't be at the Duck. They'll be over at uh, Bulldog Stadium, I believe, uh, there in Opelika. So we'll preview that game coming up. Two really, really talented teams. Excited to uh, hear from head coach Keith Etheridge. And then later on in the hour, uh, we will talk with Chris Gordy, host of the Locked On SEC podcast. Uh, He'll recap what was a busy weekend this past weekend in SEC football and preview what is another exciting one around the conference coming up a couple of big big matchups in the sec this weekend so we'll talk to chris about that later in hour number two as well but don't go anywhere head coach keith etheridge from auburn high school football he joins me when we come back as hour number two coming up Live on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. 
online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goins. You're on the line here on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. Happy Thursday, everybody. Hope you're doing well as we get underway here in hour number two on the Thursday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. I'm Jacob Goins with you inside the Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge Studio from 2 to 4 each and every weekday here on ESPN 106.7. If you miss any of hour number one, be sure you go and catch it with the podcast. You can find it one of two ways, ESPNAU.com or just search On the Line wherever you get your your podcast talked to Brad Law from the Auburn Sports Network in hour number one. Also talked a little Auburn, Georgia. Talked about the bye weeks and recruiting uh, for Auburn University as well. And so if you missed any of it, you can find it commercial free. We'll post the entire show commercial free as a podcast right after the show today. But as we start every second hour on a Thursday here on ESPN 106.7, it is head coach Keith Etheridge from Auburn High School Football joining me on the phone lines. And coach, hope you're doing well. Uh, football season is in full swing. The weather's starting to cool off just a bit, uh, and you guys should be feeling pretty good off another win on Friday night. Yeah, we do. We do. It's good to get a, get that win. Um, Ramsey's got a great football team, and you know it was a, it was a close one. It came down to a couple of field goals, so. Yeah, well, look, I say it all the time, and we talked about it last week when we were previewing the Auburn and Ramsey game. There aren't many schools and many teams that want anything to do with Ramsey just because of how good and talented they really are. Um, And, you know, don't let the record fool you. Don't let that they are not 7A fool you. That is a really, really good team and program, and it was a dogfight there uh, on Friday night. You guys come away with the win 13-7. Walk us through uh, what the game was like and where it was pretty stressful for four quarters. Yeah, we uh, well we we kicked off of them first. They got the ball. We 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 uh, pretty much stuffed them three three plays, and then we get a rough in the punter call, which gave them new life. You know, uh, they hit about a fifty six yard pass play. Get it to one of their little guys who they got a lot of electric guys who can take it to the house, and he it, that was that was their lone score right there in the first quarter, and. Um, you know, then we were able to have, hold them out of the end zone the rest of the rest of the game. We got a field goal, I think a 47-yarder for half, and then came out in the third quarter. We got the ball back. Um, we drove down, and um, Omar Madison breaks a breaks a 50-yard run. You know, uh, for a touchdown. Um, then we tack on a, a a 60-yard field goal by Towns Magoo. Mm. You know, um, probably been good from. 70. <laughs> he just he just keeps one up in himself, coach. He does something awesome, oh, yeah. and then he's like, you know what? That wasn't good enough. Let me see if I can top that. And then he does every single time. I mean, yeah. it's unbelievable. Yeah, he's he's got a, a great leg. I mean, that's why he's playing in the Under Armour All American game. That's why you know he's going he's going to be a kid that really I think will end up playing uh, football on Sundays. I think he'll be kicking on Sundays one day. 
Mm. Well, yeah, he hit a 48-yarder, and then, yeah, the 60-yarder. He's actually our Orthopedic Clinic High School Player of the Week here uh, with Auburn Network. And so we've been pumping that super hard. And, and look, he's just a really, really impressive kid. And you mentioned Under Armour All-American. And two long field goals, like you mentioned, ended up being the difference in a 13-7 win. Absolutely. We got the ball at at the end of the game with about six and a half minutes left in our offense drove all the way down inside the 10, and we were able to put it on a knee right there and, and sort of end the game. So um, he actually kicked another field goal, but they had jumped off sides, which gave us the first down. So we just took the ball and sort of ran the clock out. So. Yeah, well, look, Coach, in the last three weeks, your defense has given up zero points, seven points, and seven points. I mean, what are they doing so well that is allowing them uh, to play at this such a high level and what continues to keep you guys in football games for four quarters? Yeah, we're just we're just kind of finding ways to win right now. Um, you know, I think that our defense is playing great. You know, our defense played great all year. Um, we've, we've, you know, the game we lost, we gave up 130 total yards. You know, um, so, I mean, and we lost 17-16. So, you know, uh, we've we got to continue to play good defense. You know, we got to continue uh, to protect the football. The only difference in the games that we have won, all the games we've won, the five we've won, and the one that we lost is we turned the ball over and the one we lost. You know, we turned it over for points. So, uh, we just got to continue to do the little things right and find ways to win right now because we're banged up right now and we've got, you know, we're waiting for some guys to get back, you know. So um, I think if we can, if we can survive these next three weeks and, and get some guys back for the playoffs, we can, you know, we can make a little run. Yeah, well, I'm sure it was a uh, late night getting back on Friday, coming all the way back from yeah. Birmingham. And it, look, I think it's a, a huge testament for any team that can make that long of a road trip, especially in high school, uh, when you're having to leave, you know, around lunchtime on Friday, leave school, get up yep. there and play the game, and then get back, you know, midnight, one o'clock in the morning on Friday. I mean, that's a lot on a high school kid. I don't care what what they are, athlete or not. And so I think it's a huge testament to you and your team to be able to go up there, win the football game, and, and everything with the travel involved. Yeah, this it, it it can be tough on high school kids, and you got you know this is the second time we went to Birmingham. We went to Hoover at the first year, and right. then we went to went back on in uh, playing Ramsey. But it's hard to get anybody. You know, it's hard to get games. You know, around this area with teams your size. You know, because there's not that many. You know, if they're if they're your size, you're pretty much playing them in region play. You know, um, so you gotta you gotta find the games where you can get them. You know, because those those teams had to come to us last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, Hoover, we played them in the kickoff classic, but you know, so both groups are having to make drives, you know, and you know, last year I think it helped Ramsey because Ramsey, you know, came here, played us, played, you know, they played well, and then they go and win the five A state championship, and and they've got that t- that caliber of team this year also. Yeah, you know, they do. A lot of those guys last year were juniors, you know, that are playing this year that won the state championship last year. The running back. You know, the linebacker, Q Reese, uh, the quarterback. Uh, so um, and they got a lot of those guys back, and they've got a great football team. 
Yes, they do. And they they look, they gave you guys everything you wanted, but Auburn did come out victorious. You guys win 13 to 7. That's your fourth straight win in a row. That was your third straight road game. This week is technically your fourth straight road game since you're not playing at Duck Sanford. You're making the very very short drive across town and you're going to be playing Opelika. We're talking Auburn High School football with their head coach Keith Etheridge here during on the line on ESPN 1067. Before we talk about the game itself coach you've been around long enough with this game in particular you know what it means to the people here in Auburn and Opelika what's this rivalry mean to you uh in your in your time that you've been here and what you've been able to see well it's just you know it's a big game simply because it is a big rivalry you know you're you're right next door to each other but it's been a really good rivalry you know I think that uh you know coach Speakson is a great coach and I think that you know I think that uh both both teams play it as a clean rivalry, and this our kids go out there and they lay it on the line, and then you know whoever wins wins. You know it's not only a big rivalry because we're right here next to each other, but it's a region game. You know, so that adds a little bit more to it. And they've got a great football team this year. You know, their quarterbacks, if if not the best, one of the best you know quarterbacks in the state. Um, just a great player. Uh, their defensive line is as good as I have seen uh, on film. They they really do a great job up front. You know, uh, Coach Speakman does a great job. Coach Massey, their defensive coordinator, is is a you know uh, one. He's won the Brawls Award for high school coaches. And yeah, you know, I mean, he's they've they've got some some really good players over there. The running backs as good as we've seen. You know, so defensively. They fly to the football. They get after it offensively. Uh, they've got great players. Their receivers are good. Their running back's good. Their quarterback's good. And, and they do a lot with those guys. So, you know, you got to be prepared for anything. Yeah, you know, we talk about it a lot when in the college game talking when like Auburn and Georgia get together because so many of the guys know each other and it's so personal. Yeah. That's the same way when Auburn and Opelika get together because you are right next door and all of these kids do know each other and they're both playing right. such high-level football. How does that carry into a game like this? And then uh, for you to get your guys, you know, focused and ready and not get those silly penalties that tend to happen in big yeah. games like this. How do you just get your guys focused and ready to go? Well, we just tell our guys, look, when, you, when you're playing against people you know, when you're competing against people you know, you want to win that much more. So you've you got to be able to keep your composure and, and just do the little things right. But the bottom line is, I always say this, high school sports is about relationships. It's about kids. It's about, you know, I love my relationships I have with other coaches. I love the relationships I have with my kids. You know, and I tell my kids all the time, you know, when this game is over, you you still want to you you want to make sure that you preserve those relationships that you have with those guys over there because a lot of those guys are your friends and I know you want to beat them, you know. But at the end of the day, somebody's got to win, somebody's got to lose, and what's important is the relationships and the and and the the camaraderie and you know of course you're going to go out there and compete, but you want to make sure that you do it the right way. 
Yeah, I think that's a great message for uh, for what is such a big rivalry. It gets heated at times, like all rivalries oh, do, yeah. with Auburn and Opelika. Set to play tomorrow night. Of course, you can find the broadcast over on our sister station, Wings 94.3. Pre-game 6.30, kickoff at 7 with Scott Bagwell, Rob Pate, and Jack Hutton. You brought up the, the Opelika defensive line. That's the big thing that stood yeah. out for me in the little bit that I have been able to see of yeah. Opelika. I mean, it is a really, really talented bunch. How does your offense have to get around that and and I would say avoid, but it's going to be hard to avoid them, Coach. But how do you yeah. battle that and, and try to move the football on these guys? Oh, we just got to scrap and fight. You know, it's got to be it's got to be a, a a battle every single play. You know, because um, they've got they got some guys that can flat out play up there. Um, and our you know our guys have had a good week of practice, and I think that you know they're ready to compete, and I think that it's going to be. It's going to be one of those things that, you know, the game's going to be won by the team that makes makes the least amount of mistakes, I think. You know, I think the the don't make pre-snap, don't get pre-snap penalties, don't turn the ball over, things like that, you know. Um, I will say this, Opelika's played a brutal schedule up to this point. You know, they played some some really good teams. You know, I think they played the top two teams in the state. Um, so, and, and they played, you know, some more really good teams. So, mm-hmm. Uh, they've they've got uh, they've got all all the all the uh, ingredients to be a contender for a state championship. You know they're good up front. They've got a good trigger puller. Uh, they've got guys who will go get it. You know at receiver. They got good running backs. I mean they have all the ingredients. And I think that um, you know we we're gonna have to play almost a perfect game. You know, so and and I'm looking forward to our kids getting out there and and you know giving it everything they got and competing and you know um, we we played pretty good against them the last couple of years and I think that uh, our kids look forward to it you know and I know their kids are looking forward to it too I think it's already sold out wow wow it doesn't <laughs> surprise me two hundred tickets I think they have two hundred tickets or something to sell at the gate uh, cash only but you know. It's it's one of those things where them things sell out fast, man. Yeah, Everybody. yeah. Everybody yeah. loves this rivalry. Oh yeah, you better believe it. And that's what I was going to say too. Is is Opelika maybe three and three, but two of those are non-region uh, against Theodore oh. and Thompson, two really really good teams, and their only losses to Central, who you know is really yeah. really good as well. Hey, Opelika is the best three and three team in the state. That's no doubt. <laughs> no doubt. Yeah, I think uh. you're. I think you're safe to say that. <laughs> well, this starts what is a, a brutal end of the stretch for you guys. Uh, Opelika, yeah. then Central, Prattville, and then on the road there at Smith Station. Yeah. So a great chance to start off what is a brutal stretch. But you have won yeah. four games in a row. You're on a hot streak. What does you? What do you and your team have to do well? You are on the road. It will be a hostile environment. Should yeah. be a great turnout tomorrow for Auburn Opelika. What do you guys have to do well tomorrow to get your fifth straight win of the season? Well, we've got to control the football. We've got to try to keep it out of their hands. We've got to, you know, we've got to establish the run. We've got to be able to run the football some. Um, we've got to, you know, eliminate any turnovers and and pre, like I say this every week, pre-snap penalties. Um, we've got to do the little things right and and then. Hopefully we get some big plays and eliminate them from getting big plays. They've got some receivers that can make some big plays. Their quarterback can—I mean, he—he he can throw it 65 yards. I mean, I've seen him uncork mm. it and just that thing—that thing gets out of his hands quick. And he's got—you he, know—he's 
he delivers it in so many different ways. I mean, he, he'll sidearm one, then he'll overtop one, then he'll just flip one. I mean, he is just one of those kids that can make plays, and uh, he's just a, he's a winner. I mean, he finds ways to win, and he, he, he's a competitor. Well, there's no doubt there's going to be some talent on the football field tomorrow night when Auburn and Opelika get together. Head coach Keith Etheridge joining me here on ESPN 106.7. Tigers looking for their fifth straight win, sixth win of the season when they take their quick road trip over to Opelika taking on the Bulldogs tomorrow night. And look, Coach, I don't need to tell you this, but when in doubt, just let Towns Magoo <laughs> kick the ball. Just let him kick. It doesn't matter <laughs> yeah. where you are. Just let him kick and you got a chance to win. Or throw it up to Ian Nation. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Get it to Ian Nation, and if he can't catch it, then let Towns Magoo kick from the opposite twenty. I don't care. Yeah, yeah, we got a lot of weapons. I think I think we'll be fine. Our our, our running backs, you know, I think Omar Mapson and I think Tyler Flakes, you know, they're looking forward to this game. I think that you know all of our receiving core, Griffin McLean, Gibby, Cody. You know, all those guys are looking forward to the game. So um, it's, it's, it's going to be exciting. It's going to be fun. You know, hope everybody comes out tomorrow night and, and has a, a great time. Well, it doesn't get any bigger than this. Auburn Opelika tomorrow night. Again, 7 o'clock kick at Opelika. Head coach Keith Etheridge, thank you so much for your time. Always a pleasure talking to you, man. Good luck tomorrow night. Appreciate y'all. Thank y'all for what y'all do for high school football. And go Tigers. That's head coach Keith Etheridge from Auburn High School Football. Tigers taking on the Bulldogs of Opelika tomorrow on the road. It is their second straight road game. Reminder, Auburn High has played two home games all season long. That's it. They've played two. And I know you're not having to travel far tomorrow, but you are going into hostile territory. And this is Auburn Opelika. And it's the biggest game in the area one of the biggest games in the state all season long. You are looking at Division I talent on both sides of the football, on both sidelines tomorrow when these two teams get together. Should be a lot of fun. Auburn 5-1, and one, Opelika 3-3. Three and three. But don't let that 3-3 three and three record uh, mistake you. Don't, don't look at that 3-3 three and three record to write off this Opelika team. They are extremely talented. But if Auburn goes in and plays good offense, can move the football a little bit, I really like Auburn's chances there uh, in that football game. Should be a lot of fun. If you can't make it out to the game, of course, you can listen to the broadcast on the Auburn High School Sports Network on our sister station, Wings 94.3. That's 94.3 on your radio dial or wingsfm.com. The voice of the Auburn High Tigers, Scott Bagwell, joined by Rob Pate and Jumpin' Jack Hutton. They will be on the air pregame 6.30, kickoff at 7 tomorrow for Auburn High School and Opelika. Like the Tigers and the Bulldogs going to battle tomorrow night here in town. So it should be a lot of fun tomorrow. And again, I appreciate head coach Keith Etheridge every single Thursday joining me on the show uh, to talk about Auburn High School football, previewing what is a really, really good matchup coming up tomorrow. When we come back, we'll talk a little Auburn football, some SEC football as well. Sort of recap last weekend. Start looking ahead to this weekend because, folks, it's a really good weekend once again in college football, especially around the Southeastern Conference. That'll get us ready to talk with Chris Gordy, host of the Locked On SEC podcast. That's coming up at 3.30. Until then, give me a call. You got a little window here. Would love to hear from you on a Thursday afternoon. 334-321-1390. The Thursday edition of On the Line continues when we come back. You are on the line on ESPN 1067. 
Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. Let's get to the phone lines here on the Thursday edition of On the Line. 334-321-1390. And Terry, you're on the line, man. What's going on? How you doing, Jacob? Glad to know you're back, man. Thank Glad you. I appreciate that, man. Glad to be back. Well, I want to take my medicine, Jacob, because I've been telling you for months that Auburn's going to be Georgia. And yeah. And they felt like they were. They, uh, they so. had their chances, didn't they, Terry? They had their chances. Hey, remember, remember something? Uh, Georgia didn't win that game. Auburn lost it. That's the way I feel about it. Yeah, I mean, that's a fair way to put it. And, you know, Brad was on here earlier, and he said, look, Auburn outplayed Georgia in almost every facet of the game. Um, not all, but uh, a lot of them. <laughs> and I think he's right. And, look, I think Auburn Auburn had their chances, and Auburn had a lead in the second half. And, I mean, what, what more could you ask for besides just winning the game outright? So you may have been technically wrong, Terry, but you weren't too far off. Well, I, I did, will say this. I bet Georgia left uh... – uh, Jordan here Saturday afternoon by saying, hey, we're glad we got him now because Buck will get him much in the future. Yeah, and I think that's going to be the worst roster Hugh Freeze has. Yeah, you're absolutely right about that. As long as things go how they're supposed to, that should be, this should be, and to put it that way, the worst roster that Hugh Freeze has. He should not have a roster this depleted compared to Georgia and compared to every other team in the conference moving forward. And I've seen a lot of people say that this week, Terry, is you better, you better get Auburn now because you're not going to get them in the future. And again, as long as everything goes like it should and the momentum continues to build, then yeah, I think that's an accurate statement. Now, I'll tell you something's really going to bother me coming off this off week if it happens, Jake. I mean, it should bother every Auburn fan. I have seen offense after offense run up and down the field on LSU and down, down, in, down in Baton Rouge. And if Auburn goes under struggles and scores you know, 20 points and wins the game 20 to 13 or something or loses 24 to 20, that's going to bother me right there because that their defense is no good. I don't think it is. No, LSU's defense is a bit. Got hung fifty-five on them. Yeah, LSU's defense is is bad. It is it is bad. There's no doubt about it. I think they've got talent and playmakers on that team. I just don't think they have enough or the uh, cohesion right now. And maybe they figure it out between now and then. But yeah, every team that's played them has done pretty much whatever they wanted to do on offense and. What a great opportunity for Auburn to really fix their offensive issues when you play a defense like that. And no reason to go down there and struggle. Yeah, none. I'm absolutely with you, Terry. I'm absolutely yeah. with you, especially coming off and the you, bye week. And Jacob, I understand this. People talk about Auburn possibly losing to Ole Miss at home. I don't think Auburn loses that game simply based on one thing. If you get on a shootout with Lane Kiffin, he'll beat you. But if you hold him to a 31 to seven, 31 10 type game, he'll lose. Case point, Matt Crowell a few years ago. They come in there scoring a ton of points. Auburn stuffed them. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's fair. And I think Auburn's defense has played well enough this season so far, Terry, that Auburn fans should feel pretty confident. Auburn's defense versus Ole Miss's offense. I'll feel more confident if the offense goes goes better because that's the way the game is played nowadays. Yep, you're right about that. I, I just feel more confident. And I'm tired of hearing talk, Chef Talk Show, yours or anybody else's about how Auburn's offense is constantly struggling. This has been going on for a long time now, and I'm sick of it. Hey, Terry, (laughs) before I let you go, did you see the news come out of UCF today? No, by Gus Miles, I'm blowing a a three-touchdown lead. Well, you know how they rewarded him with that, don't you? No. They gave him a contract extension. Oh, God. I heard the news out of Utah about the trucks. Yeah, I saw that, too. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, the LS is weird. And I was going, and... uh, the older coaches said this, said this is where it's going to go, and the darn of it hasn't. Yeah, but it's, just, it's a shameful to say, Jacob, but 
That guy probably dropped $5 million on trucks. He probably never misses. He probably got a couple hundred of the hundred million in the bank. Yeah. If you're dropping money like that, you're not going to miss it when it's gone. I for, I can promise yeah, you appreciate that. It. Appreciate it, Terry. Great to hear from you. 334-321-1390. So many storylines we haven't even covered yet. Um, I mean, we had that one. Uh, we had the we have Malzahn uh, getting a contract extension. It's wild. It's absolutely wild. Got one more phone call. We're going to get to them. 334-321-1390. You're on the line. Who am I speaking with? Hey, Spectre. Hey, Spectre. You got about a minute, man. What's up? Well, I ain't got. I can't do it in a minute. I'm sorry. I'll just call back. When? When can I call back? Uh, at the end of the show, I got a guest coming up, Chris Gordy, and then as soon as we're off with him, give me a call, and I'd love to have you on. See you, bud. See you, Spectre. Appreciate the call. Um, yeah. So Utah, all their players just got brand new pickup trucks. There's that. That's legal now in NIL. Um, from Pete Thamel earlier today at 10:30. UCF and Coach Gus Malzahn have agreed to a contract extension through the 2027 season. Malzahn agreed to terms early this summer, and the school raised his salary to $4 million per year on July 1st. The deal rises to $5.5 million annually in 2026 and 2027. Wow. I mean, credit to Gus Malzahn and his agent. If there's one thing they can do, they can get some money out of people. They can blow leads and they can get money out of people. And credit to him, man. Credit to him. He's getting a pay raise at UCF, and I do think Gus is good for them. I do. Don't let it be. Don't let it be strewed a different way. I think Gus is good for UCF, but he always finds a way to get contract extensions after subpar performances. They blew a huge lead, and their team is okay. They're trying to get equipped to Power 5 football, but man, they blew like a 35-7 lead to Baylor, a bad Baylor team. Whew, unbelievable. We'll talk with Chris Gordy, host of the Locked On SEC podcast, coming up about a massive weekend in college football around the Southeastern Conference. Jacob Goins on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. 30 more minutes here on the Thursday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. I'm Jacob Goins with you on ESPN 106.7, and it's Thursday at 3.30, which means we've got Chris Gordy, host of the Locked on SCC podcast, joining us on the show. And Chris, hopefully you've uh, been able to find some time to cover the SCC with the Astros getting ready to start up the postseason in baseball, man. <laughs> yeah, this is my busy time of year. I got everything going on. But yeah, I mean, look, weekends are still for uh, watching SEC football, get a great slate coming up ahead, and uh, uh, had great games this past weekend. So uh, we'll see, man. Another weekend, we'll see if Auburn can find a quarterback. Yeah, well, I mean, it, the jury the jury's still out on that one, Chris. We're still trying to figure out what's going on offensively uh, for Auburn. But, hey, any worry about the Astros taking on the Twins who just got their first win in the postseason in, what, their last 18 tries? Yeah, I mean, no no, uh, no concern. Like, <laughs> if, the, if, the, if the Astros lose to the Twins, that's more, you know, hey, look uh, – they they have been inconsistent this year. I will say about the Astros, like you know, their pitching and their hitting has not been 
what what we're used to, but here we are. They're back where they where they typically are, hosting, you know, winning the division and hosting an ALCS or ALDS. So uh, we'll see. I think they'll make quick work of the Twins, and then you know we'll be Orioles or Rangers. It's just it's crazy because all the teams in the playoffs, like it's not the Yankees, it's not the Red Sox. It's a lot of inexperienced teams, and the Astros have a ton of experience. So like, there's a reason the Vegas odds have them and the Braves as like the two favorites right now. Yeah, well, that I mean, that would be the the obvious choice, and that would be uh, definitely the favorite. And so we'll see how that plays out. I know you're busy covering them and covering SEC football as well, and that's what we want to talk about with you today. Quickly, if you can, just sort of a recap and takeaways from last weekend uh, in the SEC. Of course, Auburn and Georgia. Um, you had uh, some other big games going on as well. So just some takeaways from the Southeastern Conference last week before we preview what is a big week this weekend. Yeah, I think I, I think I talked about it with you last week. By the end of last week, I was starting to feel like Auburn was going to keep this keep it close with Georgia for a while. Now, I thought eventually Georgia will pull away and, and cover the fourteen, but I, I felt like yeah, at halftime we're going to look up and go, hey, Auburn's keeping us in close because I thought Jordan Hare would be rocket, and it was. You know, I didn't know Cam Newton would be running through the student section firing people up, but um, yeah, it was everything you wanted except for the. I mean, I think Auburn has a legit, really, really good defense this year. I think uh, Coach Roberts is doing an awesome job. But, yeah, I, I never thought I would look at a Hugh Freeze coach team and go, man, the offense just isn't up to, up to snuff. Like, it's just so weird that, I mean, it's a guy who had a good quarterback play everywhere he's been from, you know, what was it? Was it Bo Wallace, Chad Kelly to uh, uh, Malik Willis at Liberty? I mean, he's just always had good quarterbacks. And – you know, now he's he's going through a little bit of a funk, and Peyton Thorne, despite all the accolades and you know the resume of what he did at Michigan State, he just doesn't look like a very confident quarterback right now. That you know, somebody said they could have played that game another two quarters, and Auburn couldn't complete passes; they just couldn't move the ball through the air. So, I, look, I, I'm encouraged by it. You never want to say moral victory, but it felt like a moral victory for Auburn. Um, you know, if they were able to keep it close. But, uh, again, we know this road up ahead is, is very tough for, for Auburn, and uh, we'll see if they can fix things. But, really, on the other side, the concern for Georgia, you've got a really good Kentucky team coming in, and through two SEC games, Georgia looks beatable. And I know they, they did what they needed against South Carolina. They did what they needed against Auburn late. But I think some, some other SEC teams are looking at it and going, man, Auburn, or Georgia is not this dominant team that we're used to seeing. So be fascinating to see what they do this weekend with Kentucky. Yeah, and then uh, just a couple of other games quickly from last week. You had the uh, the the offensive shootout where defenses decided not to play in Oxford with Ole Miss and LSU, uh, where somehow Ole Miss finds a way to beat LSU. You mentioned Kentucky already. They take down a supposedly top 25 Florida team. Tennessee able to bounce back, and Missouri able to get away from the track game of Vanderbilt, A&M beating Arkansas. I mean, the SEC is just wide open, Chris. It is, and yeah, the, the, the LSU loss was just inexcusable. I mean, their defense was, was absolutely god-awful, atrocious. 700 yards of offense given up to Ole Miss. Mm. Uh, they got to do some soul-searching and figure out, because I do think it's, I think it's scheme, not personnel as much. I know the secondary is not great, but up front, you got Makai Wingo and Mason Smith and Harold Perkins Jr., and you're giving up that many big plays? Like, I just... I think they got to do a little soul searching and, and, and figure out scheme a little bit more under Matt House and 
and uh, and, and adjust. And I think they will. I mean, that's a, there's a reason why Vegas has them as a road favorite right now at undefeated Mizzou. So we'll see what happens here. But, yeah, it, it's funny that all the talk all week was about how terrible LSU's defense is and they got two losses. Nobody wants to talk about how the offense is fourth in the country. Like, I, Les Miles is somewhere, like, having a seizure thinking about, wait, LSU has an <laughs> offense? Like, you know, a decade ago, Les Miles was winning games 13-10 to 10 at LSU with a quarterback in Jordan Jefferson who was throwing for, like, 90 yards a game. Oh, like, yep. Now you got now you got Jaden Daniels who's, like, throwing for 400 and rushing for 80 and four or five touchdowns through the air, like, it's amazing because if Jaden Daniels had a defense at LSU right now, he would be a Heisman contender. And the fact we're barely even talking about him is, is, a, is a travesty because the kid's playing his butt off. But he's sitting there with two losses because his defense stinks. So Yeah, he's got 1,700 uh, yeah. yards, 16 touchdowns, and two interceptions on the year. That's absurd. It's, it's incredible numbers. And, again, like the schedule's going to get a little bit tougher. But this is where you know I had a Bama friend you know, kind of say, oh, well, <laughs> LSU's defense, Jalen Milrose is going to look like a champ there. I said, yeah, well, Alabama's defense better be What if I told you Jaden Daniels is going to come into Tuscaloosa and score 30? Can Alabama match 30 points with Jalen Milrose? So it is kind of funny for all the poking and prodding, and, and you know, I thought he was an Auburn uh, fan, was saying, oh, I, I think Auburn will beat LSU. I said, careful, you, you guys can't throw the football right now. How are you going to keep up with Jaden Daniels? So, it, you know, people make fun of LSU's defense, but LSU's offense is still very, very much a strength. So, We'll see when we get down the road. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, uh, Florida got exposed. Uh, you know, they're not yet ready for prime time, obviously. Kentucky ran the ball down their throat. Ray Davis was outstanding. And, uh, yeah, I think this is a week where we kind of separate a little bit more on who are the pretenders and who are the actual contenders. Chris Gordy, host of the Locked on SEC podcast, joining us here during the Thursday edition of On the Line on ESPN 106.7. Looking ahead, it's not a jam-packed week, but the games that are being played within the conference are really, really good. You already alluded to the top 25 matchup, number 23 LSU coming off that loss. They're on the road at a 5-0 and Missouri. Can you believe it? Speaking into existence, it's happening. Missouri's undefeated, hosting LSU. It is a crime that this is an 11 a.m. kick, but I wouldn't expect it any other way uh, for a Missouri football game. But you've got that one. You have Alabama on the road at Texas A&M, two four and one squads, uh, and then another top 20 matchup with number 20 Kentucky traveling to Athens to take on the number one team in the country, the Georgia Bulldogs. I mean, it is a really really good weekend around the conference uh, for college football. Yeah, well, don't forget the biggest SEC game of the week. That's Oklahoma, Texas. Uh, that's where <laughs> True. Uh, the, 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 the funny thing is, Greg Sankey, I heard, is actually going to be there for that game. Is he really? Brett Yormark, wow. Yeah, Brett, Brett Yormark, the, condition, the commissioner of the Big 12, will not be there. So oh. it's kind of funny. It's like, it's like the two adopted kids that don't really have a home yet. And it's like, you know, their, their future stepdad, uh, Greg Sankey, he's willing to come. But their, their <laughs> old dad, he doesn't want to come to the game. So I love it. It's really it's really awkward for everybody. If, if I'm them, I'd put up an SEC logo in the end zone or something. Oh, like, that'd be awesome. To, that'd be awesome. Just a really poke and prod. But, no, that, that one should be fascinating. We'll see. I, th- I still think Oklahoma is a little bit of a fraud. I think they haven't really played anybody, and I think uh, Texas is going to win and win big. But it's a rivalry game, so you never know. Um, no, to me, the biggest game of the week is, is Alabama, Texas A&M. I mean, it, it, uh, it, it's good on good. These are two teams that really mirror each other, like, and how they've played so far. They both had kind of the fluke, bad defensive effort. 
A&M and the loss to Miami, uh, Alabama and the loss to Texas. But outside of that, every game they've played, the defenses have really been dominant. And I've been so impressed with A&M. All the conversation, the offseason about Jimbo Fisher, Bobby Petrino, how's the offense going to look? To me, the storyline out of A&M is, hey, all those four and five stars we've been recruiting on defense are starting to play like four and five stars. Like, mm-hmm. they got about eight, dude, eight dudes named Shamar, and they're all really good at getting, getting after and sacking the quarterback. So, um, yeah, it's, A&M is, is legit. Uh, they're at home. It's at Kyle Field. The crowd is going to be rocking. They beat Alabama two years ago in this exact same spot. So I've been talking to a lot of people who think with the, the concerns with Jalen Miller on the Alabama offense, that, you know, Max Johnson, backup quarterback be damned, they think A&M is going to win this one. And if they do, good Lord, we're talking about a game in a couple weeks when A&M plays Ole Miss. That game may decide who wins the SEC West. Oh, that's so, so ugly. That's so uh, That's it, disgusting. It is, and, and neither team has ever been to Atlanta to, to represent the SEC West, so it would be it'd be really disheartening. But, um, you know, we'll, we'll see. It, this thing could play out that way, but first things first, Aggies do have to take care of business and rise to the occasion. But, I mean, it, just another former Saban assistant that might get a win on Nick Saban. I just keep wondering, Nick, how much longer do you want to do this, dude? Because he gets further and further away from winning a championship if he loses this weekend. And, uh, again, I don't know how much longer he wants to keep coaching it and running this thing. But uh, to your point, the other two games, uh, I, look, I love Ray Davis. He was one of the best running backs in the country a year ago at Vandy, but that was the problem. Nobody nobody heard about him. He was top five in the SEC in rushing, but he was at Vandy. Nobody knew who he was. Now he's at Kentucky. People kind of know who he is. Mark Stoops has a really good defense. I think Devin Leary is pretty good as long as he doesn't turn the ball over. I think Kentucky's got a shot. It wouldn't surprise me if we look up in the fourth quarter and this is a one-score game because Kentucky's defense, they have given Georgia's offense problems. You remember the game last year in Lexington. They kept – that's the kept getting down the field and then having to, having to keep settling for field goals. Yep. I think uh, I think Georgia's got it – or Kentucky's got a chance. And then uh, quickly with LSU, yeah, the fact that it's an 11 a.m. game I think works in LSU's favor. If this was a night game at Como, I think they'd be way more fired up and, and that stadium would be rocking. But again, like we, we talked about it, Mizzou, very impressive. They probably got the best resume win, best non-conference resume win of anybody in the SEC, the win over Kansas State. Um, everybody else seemed to lose their tough non-conference games. But uh, I think it's a little bit of fool's gold. They beat up on Vandy. They beat up on Memphis. I mean, Luther Burton is really good. He's the best receiver in the SEC right now in terms of receiving yards. Cody Schrader is number two in the SEC in rushing yards. If LSU's defense can't show up this weekend – I don't know if Matt, Matt House survives the weekend. He may, he may be fired as LSU's D.C. by Monday morning, but there's a reason. Look, Vegas knows something always, right? There's a reason why they're still hanging there about a six-point favorite. I think LSU beats Missouri, and Missouri just comes back down to earth. They just don't have the depth. You know, like they, the starters are good, but there's a reason why LSU recruits is always top ten in recruiting. I think the talent shows up this weekend. Chris, with all of these games going on, you mentioned a ton of the different uh, headlines and storylines, but what's the biggest one? Is it Alabama? And if they lose, as you mentioned, the, the season's over because they'll have two losses and they'll really start to question if Nick Saban is, is, is still has it or is it LSU's defense or is it the possibility of Vanderbilt going to Gainesville and winning? I mean, what's the biggest storyline going into the weekend and, and what could be the biggest storyline come Monday? Yeah, I've been joking with my Florida f- friend. I said, man, it's a revenge game with Vandy. I mean, <laughs> it really is. You guys have to get revenge on them. But, no, to me, the storyline, it's, it's Bama, right? I mean, 
It's so funny because you said if they lose this game, the season's over. If they lose this game, they could run the table and still get, I don't know, a New Year's Six Bowl bid. Like uh, South Carolina would take that. Auburn would take that. Arkansas would take that. Like over half the SEC would say, sign me up for that. But for Alabama, you know, 10 and 2 is a disappointing season. So it's just funny how their standard is, is, is so much higher than everybody else's. But yeah, to me, this is, this is the time for Jalen Milrow to rise to the occasion. Look, we saw in that USF game how terrible what was behind him is and Buckner and uh, you know, everything else. Like, I think this is the game for Jalen Miller. You're the reason, you know, show us the, the reason why we picked you as the starter. Go out there and win a game on the road in, in College Station. So it's going to be fascinating to see. And, and Alabama's still really good, man. It would not shock me if they win this game in College Station. Well, it should be a lot of fun. And, uh, Chris, before we let you go, we're about a month away from basketball season. Isn't that crazy that SEC basketball is right around the corner? I couldn't believe it when I saw the, the email come out with uh, attendees for SEC Basketball Media Day. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's crazy that it's already almost upon us. And, uh, look, uh, my buddy uh, John Neighbors up at, up at Arkansas, he was already talking uh, Arkansas basketball on his radio show yesterday. They're already turning the page from Arkansas oh, football season. So, oh, no. Yeah, it's, uh, let's hope Auburn isn't doing that in two weeks. We, we could be turning the page to Bruce Pearl and the boys very quickly. Oh, goodness. I hope not, man. We'll t- we want to talk about both. We don't want to cash in on football season just yet, but I'm not surprised that it's happened over in Fayetteville, Arkansas. Chris, Chris Gordy, host of the Locked On SEC podcast. He joins me every Thursday. He hosts that daily podcast talking about the SEC. Chris, I appreciate you, brother, as always. So much fun talking with you. Let everybody know uh, where they can find your podcast and what's coming up on a busy weekend. Yeah, Locked on SEC, wherever you get your podcast. We've got uh, the new episode up today with uh, the latest news going on around the conference. We also had a little interview with uh, Jackie Sherrill, the former SEC head coach, former A&M head coach, that uh, you know, gave his thoughts on the Aggies this year. He says he thinks they're the real deal. So uh, you can find that wherever you get your podcast, Locked on SEC. Awesome, man. Appreciate you. Enjoy uh, enjoy covering. Are you covering or, or, or attending the Astros games? What's the What's the schedule like for you? Yeah, we'll be uh, our radio station. We're doing all the pregame, postgame stuff with the Astros, carrying the game Saturday and Sunday. Then uh, I'll be doing my – actually, I'll be leaving the, the game early so I can go home and, and do my SEC film review on Sunday night. And then I'm flying up to Minneapolis. So, yeah, it's uh, no rest for the weary. Awesome, man. Enjoy that. It's one of the best times of the year. It's one of the best sports months of the year in October. Enjoy all that, man, and we'll talk to you next Thursday. That's Chris Gordy, host of the Locked On SEC podcast. Go check it out. Does a fantastic job. It's a daily podcast about the Southeastern Conference. Biggest news, biggest recruiting, biggest storylines, biggest results. Go check it out at Locked On SEC, wherever you get your podcast. We'll come back and wrap up the Thursday edition of On the Line. Final chance, give me a call. We'd love to hear from you on a Thursday afternoon. 334-321-1390. Are on the line on ESPN 1067. Call in at 334 321 1390 or toll free at 888 382 7502. Winding down here on a busy Thursday edition of On the Line on ESPN 1067. Big thanks to Chris Gordy, host of the Locked On SEC podcast. Uh, he joins us every Thursday at 3 30. We had three wonderful guests on the show today, as we do every single Thursday here on the show. Chris Gordy, host of Locked On SEC. 
uh, Auburn High School's head football coach, Keith Etheridge, uh, as we recapped a good, good win last week over Ramsey for the Auburn High School Tigers. And as they get ready to make the short road trip to Opelika tomorrow for Auburn High and Opelika High, the Tigers and the Bulldogs will do battle tomorrow there at Bulldog Stadium. And so we talked to Auburn High School's head football coach and previewing that game as well. And back in the first hour, we talked with Brad Law from the Auburn Sports Network, recapping a busy weekend for Auburn, Georgia, uh, really what to expect moving forward and what Auburn needs to do in these next couple of weeks to continue to improve as LSU comes up in, on the road uh, next weekend. So that was all the people we talked to today. I was able to uh, give you some of my thoughts coming out of the Auburn-Georgia game since I've been out all week. And so uh, glad to be back. I appreciate everybody uh, checking in and making sure everything was fine. I am here. I am good. I am better now. I'm feeling much, much better. Uh, Tired for sure. But uh, that happens when you sit around and don't do a whole lot for, what, five days in a row. So I'm excited to be back in here tomorrow. Um, And so if you missed any of today's show, be sure to go and listen to the podcast. You can find it at espnau.com or just search on the line wherever you get your podcast um we'll upload that commercial free right after the show today uh coming up tomorrow fridays are busy around here you know that we're going to have uh, my interview, well, not my interview, it's actually Ben Taylor who did the interview this week uh, with Auburn's linebacker Eugene Asante. It aired yesterday for Tiger Takes on the Drive, um, and then uh, tomorrow I will air it on my show as I do every Friday at 2.30, um, and then Uncle T-Bone, Wade Bennett, will join me in the studio as well. We'll talk all things SEC, we'll talk a lot of the big games, talk some Auburn. We won't have a game to talk about uh, coming up on Saturday, but we'll start make our picks for around the conference and talk Auburn as a, in general right as a whole um, moving forward in through the bye week and into game week and next week versus LSU so that's what's coming up tomorrow be sure you're getting your picks in at ESPNAU.com we've had tons of great winners each and every week on our SEC football challenge uh, so be sure you're doing that we have weekly winners and then we have the um, the big winner at the end of the year who you win all one of each weekly prize and then you win that 55 inch flat screen smart tv so be sure you're getting your picks in there tomorrow should be a lot of fun i'm just glad to be back i'm thankful uh, to be here thankful to be healthy once again i appreciate you all listening each and every single day i uh, excited to be back tomorrow wrap up the week and then really get things going again next week when auburn gets ready for lsu so again if you missed any of the show today espnau.com or just search on the line wherever you get your podcast don't go anywhere the drive with bill cameron dan peck coming up from four to six here on the auburn opelika sports leader espn 1067 until tomorrow two to four right here on espn 1067 i'm jacob Goins. stay safe i'll talk to you later